0: Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing This message is by Clive Urquhart It's great to be with you again This is the third week of our series and a big welcome to all the congregations as we're looking at God's Lordship in our homes and what that looks like and what that means and just to kind of give a quick recap we know that the family life is hugely under attack uh, in our nation, and there's so much fragmentation out there relationally uh, in different situations. And God wants to restore His shalom, His total well being, His abundant wholeness, nothing missing, nothing lost. That's how life was meant to be. He wants to restore His shalom into. Homes And for us that know Jesus, uh, we want to make sure that his shalom is right in the middle of our lives, his peace, his life, his power. And as we are reaching friends and family, other households that don't know the Lord yet, as we are reaching the 25 mile radius that God has spoken to us about this region, to see 5,000 households coming to know him across this whole area, then how many of you know that what is going on in our homes is going to be so important and so key for what we see happen in other people's homes and lives as people give their lives to Jesus, as families come to know the Lord, as households come to know Jesus. How we live in our homes is going to be such an amazing example to others. and It's going to help show others, how do you have a healthy family? How do you have a healthy marriage? How do we live in in good relationship within our homes? Uh, No matter what the context is, how do we honour one another? How do we serve one another? Uh, Which which for many, many people in our culture is quite a foreign kind of concept that in our homes, we would want to be there for the benefit of others, more than the benefit of ourselves. We don't want to live in isolation in different rooms in our homes. We want to live as a family. We want to live as friends. We want to live in a place of peace. And um, and I know for my wife, when she was growing up, she, she didn't grow up in, in a stable, peaceful home uh, in, uh, in the different scenarios that she grew up in. And one of the things that she she loves about our own family life over the years is that all our three children have grown up in a, in a home uh, that is stable, in a home where they know there is peace, in a home where there hasn't been angst and strife in that way. And uh, and, and because of what happened when she was growing up, she's, she's so thankful to the Lord that she's been able to raise her kids and our kids, obviously, in a way that uh, they don't, have, they haven't had to go through the same things. But but saying that, she knows, even though she grew up in 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 challenging circumstances over the years, she knows how God has totally healed her and restored her and enabled her to be be whole and healthy in her life to to then to be able to raise kids. In relation to what has happened, you know, because of what God's done in her. So, when if, if you're if you're listening this morning, if you're watching this, whether in one of the, the congregations or you might be looking at this online at another day, don't don't think that in order to have a healthy family and to have God's shalom, His peace and total well-being that that you had to have raised your kids from a young age in that way. God is an amazing God of restoration. He is an amazing redemptive God who can take lives that maybe haven't been lived in relationship with Him and all the trouble and angst that can come with it. And He can do an amazing work of healing and wholeness and He can restore things that were lost. He can deal with fragmentation and bring healing. And so that's what God wants to do. So no matter what your home life's been like, no matter what it's been like up to today, God can do something new in your family, new in your home, new in your life. Amen. How many of you believe that this morning? <laughs> Amen. So we we looked at um, the, the sort of five levels uh, of God's kingdom uh, uh, or very basically what's part of that. And, and we see this on the screen again now just to remind us that, that there's God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, He is God, He is Lord. We serve Him as the King of kings and the Lord of lords and He is Lord of His kingdom and we are part of His kingdom. But then in his kingdom, we have the church, the church universal, the body of Christ around the world. But then that is made up of what's called the local church. So every believer, anybody who gives their life to Jesus, anybody who wants to follow Jesus needs to be part of a local church. We're built into the body of Christ locally where we are. But then the local church is made up of many homes and families and and, and situations within that. And what we're speaking about over these few weeks is God's Lordship in the home. A local church primarily is going to be healthy when the homes and the people's lives in that church are healthy. The the relationships in the local church are going to be healthy when relationships in the home are healthy. And, and we, sit, we, we saw over the previous couple of weeks that the, the authority in the home, God's lordship in the home was stripped out a few hundred years ago by the way the church was, uh, was, was developed by Constantine and others and, and saying you have to come to a building to do everything in relationship with God. And, and, and we know that's not the way God wanted it to be. We gather as the church together to worship, but we know we don't have to come to a building to have a relationship with God. We can have a personal relationship with God. We can have a relationship with God we've got in our homes, we can create that space for God to come in with his shalom. Amen. And why, why is that so important? Because we know that in society, the family is under attack. The, one of the key fabrics of society is healthy family life. And we know the enemy wants to destroy family life. But God has an answer to that and it's called his shalom. And uh, his peace, total well being coming into our homes and into our lives. We looked at rest. What does it mean to enter into the rest of God, his Sabbath, his Shabbat? And, and there's three different words for that. There's in, in, order, in order to live in his rest and live in his shalom, then there's some appointed time during the week where we cease from our schedule, we cease from what we do, okay, as work and uh, we create space in our week for God to come in. We also know that the word rest means abode, habitation, the presence of God and that when you know Jesus, when you have a relationship with Him, you come into His abode, into His presence. You come into relationship with God. You come into a 24-7 relationship, uh, who you, which really means who you are in Christ. You come into a relationship with Him, in Him, with Him. But then it also the third word for rest there, was the sabbath rest so in our schedule in our lives that we live and then also as a believer as somebody who has a relationship with God then we need there's there's a space in the week God's appointed time which he has called sabbath and uh <clears throat> We looked at the Ten Commandments in relation to that and how key the Sabbath is as a bridge, as part of our relationship with God and then how that connects into relationship with others and how we live our lives. That God said, keep the Sabbath because it is holy and that there's an appointed time that we need to give to God in our homes where we set everything else aside and we make space for God and say, God, this is your time. This is your space. This is when we want you to come in with your shalom and everything that shalom means that we've been looking at. It's not a religious activity. It's not a a kind of form of religion or anything like that. What we're basically saying is God, we want to give you space and time to move in our homes. If you can do that every day, absolutely brilliant. If you do that several times a week, absolutely brilliant. If it's once a week, That's fantastic. It's not about, what am I supposed to do this? Am I supposed to do that? Are we supposed to fit this in? No, it's saying, God, we know you, we worship you, we're in relationship with you. We thank you for who you are and what you've done in our lives. And we want to make sure that in the busyness of life and everything else goes on, that you're not pushed out because we're just too busy for you to be centre in our homes and lives. And so we we want to keep that appointed time. So why is Sabbath important? Because it brings wholeness. It grows family, it grows relationships. We know that when we spend time around the table, eating, sharing, having communion, praying for one another, affirming one another. I mean, imagine, you know, uh, in your family life or, or, or whoever comes around, you can invite people around, your, your Sabbath dinner or, or meal or whatever you might have can become a party, can become a joyful thing. We've had uh, over the years loads of people living with us as a family. So we call it a household. And sometimes it might be one person living with us. Other times we've had three or four people living with us as a family, and and it's always been a family, a household, and we've always ate together, we prayed together, we've broken bread together. It's something that we've done as a lifestyle in our home. Why? Because we we want God to be centre. Sometimes in those moments, uh, we've prayed because people have got particular needs and it's like somebody needs some healing. So, okay, let's gather around. Let's pray for them. God wants to heal them. Other times there's challenges at work or at school or college. And it's like, come on, guys, let's pray into that and let's see God change that situation around. Why? Because we want God to come in and God to move in those Environments, what, it becomes a place of discipleship, a place of growth for people. Because in those conversations, we're talking about God and who He is, and we're getting to know Him. We're talking about how we, how God sees other people and how He sees life, and how we then can be in those situations. So, it's, it's getting around the table is more than just eating together. And then doing a a kind of religious act of breaking bread, having a bit of the cup. And then can we go now? Because have we done it? And all of that. No, it's saying, God, we want you to be in this meal time. We want you to be part of this. This is an appointed time where you want to come in and amazing things begin to take place. We see in Mark 2, verse 27 and 28. Then Jesus said to them, this is Jesus speaking, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The son of, so the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. So why was Jesus saying that? Because 2,000 years ago when Jesus came, the religious leaders of the day, the Pharisees, what they'd done is they turned the Sabbath into a religious activity. They had made it a religious thing, basically saying to the people, the outward actions of what you do make you godly. On the Sabbath, you cannot do anything at all. So when Jesus came along and he began to heal people on the Sabbath, people began to get delivered on the Sabbath. The religious people, they were going, they did their heads in and they got angry. It's like, how dare you do that on the Sabbath? How dare you do this on the Sabbath? And why did Jesus come and do it on the Sabbath? Because Sabbath means rest. It means resting from your own labours, resting from your own efforts. Sabbath means where God comes in and He works and He does something. So Sabbath is more than just a moment. Sabbath is where He comes in and He does something in our lives. So what are we saying about an appointed time? We're saying in the busyness of life, let's make space where we are saying we're not going to fill it with other things, but we're actually going to take time to Eat together, share community together, pray together, pray for one another, speak the word and affirm one another. So what is the Sabbath for? It's to to establish the rule and the reign of God in our homes and in our households. Deuteronomy 5 verse 15, it says in here, Remember... When you were slaves in Egypt, that the Lord your God brought you out uh, from there with a mighty hand and outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Now, up to that point, they'd never observed the Sabbath. Up to there. So it was the first time the Israelites were told... Uh, to actually observe the Sabbath day, okay? But what was God saying? Because the Sabbath then was connected with Passover. What is the Passover? The Passover was where God was going to bring the Israelites out of Egypt and He said, what you need to do is you need to take a lamb, you need to sacrifice it, you need to kill it, you need to take the blood and you need to put the blood over the doorpost, around the doorpost of your house. So when the angel of death goes over, He's going to pass over your home And only those that don't have the blood around their home, uh, they're going to be affected by what is going on. And so the whole point of what, the writer is speaking about here in Deuteronomy is saying it's all about remembering. Remember what God did. Remember when he brought you out. Remember how he saved you. Remember how he brought you into then the promises. Remember how he fulfilled his word to you. And so Passover now for us as Christians, instead of using the word Passover, we use the word communion because Jesus has now become that Passover lamb instead he's become the lamb that was slain what does that mean it means he's the one that went to the cross and on the cross all of our sin all of the sickness all of the punishment that we deserve was put upon him and when his blood was shed that blood represents us being forgiven it represents being healed it it, 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 it it's about us being brought out of slavery to those things, if we can put it that way, and brought into freedom. We're now free from sickness. We're free from sin. We're free from what used to control our lives. We now have a new life and a new relationship with God. So when it comes to the Sabbath, what does it say? It says, remember. So when we eat together, when we break bread together, what are we doing? The start of that is, Jesus, we want to remember who you are. We want to remember what you've done. We want to remember how you laid your life down for us. You didn't deserve to go to the cross. You didn't deserve to have all the punishment of sin and sickness and everything else put upon you. You didn't deserve that. We deserve that. But you went there on our behalf. You took all of that on yourself so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be free from, the, from sickness, so that we could be free from the control of addictions and everything else that goes on. And you did that on our behalf so that, that we could then have relationship with you. We could come into a friendship with you. That's why we remember. But we also remember, like the Israelites did, He said, remember that I protected you on your way out so and, and brought you into what the, the land that I was giving you. And so for us as Christians, it's like God is our protection. He is our stronghold. He's the one that we trust in. He is our safety. He, he has us in the palm of His hand. He's looking after us. It's like we remember what He's done, but we also remember who He is now, that our lives are centred around Him. So what does it really mean to keep the Sabbath? Well, there's, there's there's little instruction in the Bible apart from honour the Lord and remember. So we want to honour him because of who he is Uh, in our lives because he is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. But also we want to remember what he has done. So when we say remember, we're not just, it's not just the memory, it's saying, Jesus, I thank you for what you've done in my life, how you've forgiven me, how you've healed me, how my life is different. Thank you for who you are and what you've done. Thank you that you laid your life down for me. Thank you that you went to the cross and you took the punishment that sin and sickness and everything else uh, w- was on my life. Thank you that you you went to the cross instead and you took all the stuff that was on my life, or I deserved, and you took that on yourself so that I could be forgiven, I could be healed and I could have a completely new life. That's what it really means to remember who God is when we get around the table and we have communion together. So practically, what do we do then? So... You can have dinner uh, and it can be whatever you want it to be. It's, you don't have to have a set meal. It's, it doesn't have to be lamb like they did on a Passover. Uh, you, you can just have any, any uh, kind of meal. Um, so if you're inviting me around, then cake and custard would be brilliant and I'd enjoy that. And, uh, but if you don't invite me around, then have cake and custard anyway. You can still do that. But what, what are you going to do? You're going to have dinner together. Make it fun, especially if you've got kids. Uh, don't don't sort of turn it into a meeting, right? We're gonna have a, we're gonna have a Shabbat dinner, uh, and everything. You don't have to call it that or anything. What we're doing, it, this is about His Lordship in our homes. This is about us spending time together, and then inviting Him in, with His shalom, to bring total health and wholeness, well-being, abundance, nothing missing, nothing lost. That's that's what we're doing. So so you can eat together, and at some point, and you might want to do this at the beginning. Uh, you might do it between the main course and dessert. You might do it at the end or whatever the situation. Um, but you can, you can break bread together. And, and practically, we're going to look at maybe how you do that. Uh, one of the things as a family we've done over the years is, is we've had many people live with us uh, in our home. And our children have grown up with people living with us. Sometimes one, sometimes two, three, four people living with us. But one of the things we always did is we always had dinner together. People, unless somebody had to be out for some reason uh, because they couldn't be there, we always ate together and said, hey, guys, half five, six o'clock, whatever it is, we'll have dinner together. We eat together. Uh, we, we're talking about life. We're talking about how we're all doing. If there's challenges going on or say, so, well, hey, come on, let's pray about that. Let's see God do something new and fresh in that situation. So we would, we would do that in that environment. And because it's family and we want God to come in and move powerfully in that scenario, sometimes—not every day, of course—sometimes we would break bread together and say, "Hey, let's let's just break bread. Let's remember who the Lord is. Let's tell some testimony stories of what God's doing at the moment, and let's pray for one another." And so, when we got round the table, we would we would always have some bread, and and you don't have to have wine necessarily. You could have some um, uh, red grape juice or or whatever you know, red. Do something red anyway, and uh, rye bean or whatever you might have, and. Uh, and what you want to do? Maybe encourage you. Use one Corinthians eleven, maybe verses twenty-three and twenty-four, and and you can just use that to help you sort of pray a- around the bread. But but don't, you don't have to turn it into a meeting. Suddenly everybody goes all sombre and quiet, and it's a holy moment. You know, uh, you can say, "Hey guys, come on, let's break bread now." And and you can say, "Jesus, we thank you on the night that you were betrayed, on the night that you gave your life for us. You took the bread, and and when you picked it up, you gave thanks for the bread." And then you broke the bread and you said, this is my body, which is given for you. And and Jesus, we thank you so much that you gave your life for us, that your body was given for us. And and the word says, do this in remembrance of me. So we're here to remember who you are, not just then, but who you are now and what you're doing in life. So Jesus, we thank you for the power of what you're going to do right now in our lives. Amen. And and then maybe just pass the bread round. Everybody can have a, a chunk. And then just simply say, come on, guys, let's just thank the Lord for who he is and what he's done. It can be really simple, but just keep life in it. Don't turn it into a somber moment where everybody's heads drop and everybody goes silent. And it's like, oh, you know, who's going to say what? And are they going to say anything? It's like, let's just thank Jesus. What are we thankful for today? I'm thankful for, for having a healthy body. Right. Let's thank Jesus. Thank you for health. And and maybe God's looked after you today. Thank you, Jesus, that you looked after us today. Thank you for being with us. Let's just kind of help, just get going with something where you can help your kids and whoever's in your environment. Then in the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this is the cup of the new covenant. So this is when when Jesus did something on the cross. He did something new and started something new for us. And uh, he says, whenever you drink it, remember me. So we're thanking Jesus that his blood was shed for us. What does that mean? It means we're healed. It means we're forgiven. So if we know we need to be forgiven for anything, we can ask God to forgive us. If anybody around the table needs to, to be healed, then we can lay hands on them as we drink the cup and we can say, Jesus, we thank you that you're our healer. And we just lay hands right now on whether it's your son, your daughter, family member or a friend that's come round for dinner, whoever it might be, people that you've invited into your home for that evening and you just pray for one another, lay hands and say, right in the name of Jesus, we just command this sickness to go We appropriate the power of what was won on the cross for us right now. We take hold of that life and power and we just thank you, Jesus, for your healing power being released now in this person's life. And and let there be life released into that context. Let there be life released into that context. Moment. Amen. And we see the power of God being released. So that's a simple way you can break bread and have communion. Also, one of the things that is brilliant to do around the table is you you can pray over and affirm and speak God's word over your family. So you might take uh, Numbers 6 24. Uh, uh, to, to 26 those verses which is uh, the ironic blessing and and you might um, just take one of if you've got kids and you might say right we're going to pray for each one in turn and maybe the dad or the mum or both of you whoever you know you um, just say to one of your children hey the Lord bless you and keep you the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace and I'm and imagine speaking that over one of your kids and, and and you're looking them in the eye when you're saying it and and you're speaking affirmation into the life and saying hey I love you and uh, and and I want I, and I speak God's blessing over your life I mean what's going to happen in one of your kids when you do that Maybe what's going to happen if you've got a friend around and you begin to affirm and speak life into them in that way. Maybe whoever the head of the household is, it could be the mum or the dad, or if you're a single parent, whoever the head of the household in that context, maybe you speak that, that blessing over the whole of your household, the whole of your family. And maybe sometimes get one of your children to, to, to pray and speak it and read it so that your kids are involved and they're releasing life into that moment into that situation. Amen. Joshua 24 verse 15 says, For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We're not going to serve another idol. We're not going to serve something else. We want to serve the Lord and we want to bring God's lordship into our homes. Amen. So what are we doing when we're doing all of this? It's like an antidote to what's going on out there. It's like we're raising our kids our family, our household and environment that says, hey, we want God to be in the middle, God to be at the centre. We want his word and the power of his word to be spoken over our lives because God's word is living and active. There's life in God's word. So when we speak it, we're releasing life into our lives, life into our homes. Amen. So God's lordship in our homes His shalom, total well-being, His abundant health and wholeness. Nothing missing, nothing lost. Amen. Let's stand together, shall we? And let's pray together. Just take a moment where you are and just say to the Lord, Father, I surrender afresh to you now. I surrender to your Lordship in my life. I want you to be Lord. I want you to be number one. I want your shalom to be in my home and my household. Father, I draw a line today. No matter how good or bad my parenting has been, no matter what my marriage is like, no matter what the atmosphere in my home is like, I draw a line today. And Jesus... I want to make space for you in a fresh way, in my family, in my home, in my household. I want your shalom, your peace, abundance, total well-being to be in my home, to rule and reign. I want your lordship in my home in a fresh way, your healing power, your healing grace, your restoration, your peace, your shalom. I thank you, Father, for that in my home in a fresh way. And so I surrender afresh to you. Thank you for the grace for that appointed time in my home where you want to come and you want to work and you want to move. Father, I come with expectation on a Sunday to worship you, to meet with you, to hear from you and for you to move and work in people's lives. And it's an appointed time on a Sunday morning. In our congregation, it's 10 o'clock and we meet at 10 and we worship and we pray and we hear from you. It's an appointed time where we gather because you want to work and move amongst us together. Well, Father, I want an appointed time in my home, not to have a meeting, where we eat together, we celebrate together, we rejoice together. And in that context, we break bread, we drink of the cup, we invite you in to move and to work. We affirm those in our household. We speak life over them. We pray for them. We release your word over them. We thank you, Father, for what you do in a new way and a fresh way in our home. So that there's a fresh release of you, Father, because we're not here just for ourselves. We're here to have homes full of life and health and wholeness so that as other households that we're praying for, other friends that we're reaching out to as they come to know you, as they give their lives to you, that our home can be an example of the way you can have God at the centre of it, the way you can have peace in the middle of it, the way there can be healing right at the heart of it. Father we thank you, you want our homes to be a prophetic example of what family life can be like, what it looks like to have healthy marriage, healthy family, healthy relationship and your order in there that it becomes a discipleship example Father for those that as they come to know you. And so Father, we praise your mighty, awesome name for what you are doing, what you're about to do and what you're going to do going forward. We praise your name that homes are going to become even more important in terms of what you do in the harvest and as you release your Holy Spirit in a fresh way to see many, many people come to know you, many people become disciples and we know, Father, to deal with such fragmentation that is out there, it needs your life and power in us to see that life and power released through us and we want that to be operating in our homes, not just in the local church, not just in the church worldwide, but we want to see that same life and power outworked in our homes that we see in other places. And so, Father, we praise you. We thank you. And we rejoice in what you're doing. We thank you, Father, in your mighty, awesome name. Amen. Amen. I hope you've got a lot out of the last few weeks. It's been really helpful as well as really practical. You can get a hold of the, the handout that we've got and we've done for you guys that's going to help you with some of the teaching that's in there, some of the practicals about uh, just how you can have a, a, an appointed time, a Sabbath time with God in your home, eat together and share communion together, pray for one another. Some of the scriptures you can use to help you, maybe even some guidelines of, as to how to pray for one another in that environment. So get a hold of that this morning and, and use it as a tool. Use it to help you in to, to really make some some uh, practical, sacred time, if I can put it that way, where where God can come and move into your home and your life and your family, your household in